If you've got questions, or if you're kind of wandering around things like stubborn fat, slimming world, calories, do they really matter? Then this is where you want to be. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Zeddy Training Podcast. I do apologize. Um, This was a bit longer than I would have uh, liked to have waited for my next one. Um, But another Q&A one here. We put out a kind of a post on social media and even a few um, on uh, WhatsApp because obviously our WhatsApp number is available for everyone to contact us. Uh, And a few people have been asking about certain topics, um, so I thought we would rattle through them. So, Really, no time for any intros. Um, today, a bit of a shorter one, but I just thought I'd kind of get straight into the important stuff. So, if you've got questions, or if you're kind of wandering around things like stubborn fat, slimming world, calories, do they really matter, then this is where you want to be. So, I'm going to go through them all here, just kind of, uh, no real particular order, just kind of uh, whatever's been brought to my attention. So, the, the first thing is, do macros matter? So macros, for those that don't know, macronutrients, um, your, your food is typically made up of kind of three or four key ones. So typically what we're looking at is uh, proteins, uh, carbohydrates, carbs, <laughs> uh, fats, um, fiber can be considered one as well. Now, when people talk about your macros, so they think, they say to people, you know, watch your macros. What they really want to know is how many protein, in terms of grams, how much protein, carbs and fats are you taking in? Thing is, people don't really talk a lot about fiber, which is a shame because fiber is extremely important. Um, but you know, people don't really pay attention to that. But that's what we talk about macros, okay? Now, yes, they do matter. Ultimately, it's all. I mean, it depends on the context. So, what's the? You've said do macros matter? If the goal is weight loss, then they kind of do. But ultimately, it's all about the the energy that you take in. So really rendering macronutrients not as relevant because it first comes down to energy balance, calories. But if you're wanting to focus on kind of getting toned in the process and you want to do it properly, then yes, macros do matter because we're looking mainly at protein levels because protein does need to be um, fairly high, moderate to high, um, because that's what will allow our bodies to develop muscle tissue feel fuller for longer and over time you'll be able to uh, get that lean toned look that a lot of ladies um, uh, want to achieve. Um, so yes, they kind of do matter, but if it's for weight loss, n- not really no, because as long as you're eating quality, fairly good quality food, um, you'll lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit, okay? But if your goal is a bit more specific, if you want to lose weight, but this time also gain a bit of strength, tone up in the process, then yes, macros do matter, okay? But like I said, it doesn't have to be to the absolute T. It's really just as a case of kind of keeping an eye on protein levels and just making sure that you're not overdoing it on carbohydrates and dietary fats as well. Um, it's mainly carbs because carbs are not bad for you, remember. Carbs will really be dictated by how active you are in the day. So there's no real need to cut them out. Yes, you could reduce them if it's a rest day and you don't need that many and you can bump up your veg intake and protein and dietary fats. But... Um, really, I would say no to kind of completely saying, uh, completely cutting them out. Okay, so I hope that kind of answers that question. So, does it matter what you eat if calories uh, are in check? So, kind of similar. Um, okay, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, um, there's a guy called Jordan Sayat who is a online trainer, very well known all over social media, 
very well respected because he kind of says it like it is. Uh, he's no nonsense, but he's very smart, well educated. And he done a test, or not a test, sorry, more of a challenge kind of thing, uh, where he ate one big, one big Mac, so a McDonald's Big Mac um, per day, I believe it was, for 30 days. Um, just to show you that you can eat junk food as long as you're still within your calories, your um, your weight won't do much, you won't, you won't gain weight, okay? Now that's a bit of an extreme example, but he did that because people are still arguing, which will lead on to my next question, or the next question, that you can eat all the healthy foods in the world um, and not gain weight, which is false, because if you ate all the healthy foods in the world and you overrate on calories, you'll gain weight, okay? So please remember that. But ultimately, it's hard to answer this without me getting some stick for this, because people have kind of, not complained, but they've kind of made the argument that, okay, I'm promoting some junk food eating. Well, not really, because at the end of the day, eating 100% clean foods um, is not realistic. I would definitely not recommend it because if you're eating good quality foods you know 70 80 90 percent of the time you can have a bit of flexibility okay because you're you're eating quality nutritious wholesome food you've got the relevant digestive enzymes your body's producing them uh, also and you're breaking down food more efficiently you'll have a sustained release of energy and then that way if you want to fit in some junk food you won't really overly be affected by it okay so that's why i say to people if you want to have a bit of flexibility, first of all, 70 to 80 percent of the time, nail your nutrition. Okay, good quality, tasty food. Make sure that you you know put a bit of love into it because there's no point in having bland salads and chicken chicken salads and tuna salads when you're not going to bloody enjoy it. Okay, so you need to be realistic here. I'm not going to say to you you have to have salads for every meal. You know, eating five to seven portions of fruit and veg a day it's not easy. I certainly don't do it every single day. I'll do between kind of two to four most days i'm just being honest but i get on okay because most of my food is fairly uh, nutrient dense okay so please bear that in mind so even though it doesn't really matter um it will matter in the grand scheme of things because if you ate junk food and stayed within your calories you'll hit a wall your training will suffer majorly you could impact hormones um negatively if you're not taking in quality foods mainly kind of good quality fats um, you won't be able to go to the bathroom properly and your, your energy levels will suck. Okay, so I would say to you, focus more on quality food and then have a little bit of junk food here and there. Um, and if it's within your calories, you'll be just fine. Uh, next question here, Slimming World Weight Watchers and how they say you can eat all the healthy food you like and not gain weight. Um, yeah, so this is something that I have an issue with as well. Um, any training modality, I don't really have much of an issue with it if it creates healthy habits and is sustainable. I don't really pay too much attention to Slimming World and Weight Watchers, but I do believe, you know, is it like a point system or some garbage like that for one of them? And the other one is, um, you could eat, is it free foods, I believe? And you can eat all the foods you want, you won't gain weight, which is a load of absolute crap. Apologies for my language, but food has an energy value. All food does. Now, strictly speaking, not that anyone would, if you ate a whole, I'm talking crazy, obscene amounts of spinach, in a day and you went over your calories very very unlikely but if you did you will gain weight okay because it's got a food value it's got energy value rather it's got calories and if your body's taking in more calories than it needs it will gain weight it is stored energy okay so that's why this whole notion of free foods and eating all the um guilt-free foods you like without gaining weight is utter nonsense okay i think the rationale came uh, the rationale behind it is really People are unlikely to eat kind of high amounts of this kind of food, which I can kind of understand, but you can never make that assumption because you may get the odd few that are eating 
I, I don't know where I saw this. I'd, I mean, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like um, there's some some types of pastas and potatoes and stuff you can have, which is stupid because that's very easy to overeat on. Um, but anytime you see something where it says eat all of this, eat as much of this as you like, that's a red flag, okay? Because that's nonsense. You can still gain weight eating all the healthy, clean foods in the world, okay? So please bear that in mind. Food has energy. If you overeat on anything, um, you'll gain weight. It's just that certain foods have more calories, which is why it's easy to overeat on it. Very important you bear that in mind, okay? So how long does it take to lose weight from arms really struggling? So yeah, this is a bit down to st- uh, kind of more down to stubborn fat. It's very hard to say. It does differ from person to person. But if you're following the essentials, now this kind of question, it, it, we get asked this a lot. But we can't really give you a definitive answer unless you've got the essentials in place. If you've never exercised or followed a kind of a lifestyle change, um, for lack of a better term, to you know get the the wheels in motion, so eating good quality food, exercising, or even just getting active, then you're you can say bye bye um, to any kind of progress because you can't expect to just drop weight from your arms without doing anything else. You need to get the fundamentals in place first. Okay. So I'm talking about kind of being active in some way, shape or form on a daily basis, exercising preferably, but if you can't, just go and getting your steps in, getting in good quality food, more protein, fruits and vegetables, the stuff that you know, but you just struggle to do, getting in plenty of water, sleep, keeping stress levels low. Once you've done all that, then the best way to really get into stubborn sites, so if it's back of the arms, is going to be adding a bit of resistance in them. And this is why a lot of ladies struggle with stubborn fat, because you're too scared because you think... If I lift weights, I'm going to get big and bulky, which is nonsense, because if that was the case, I would be jacked, okay? I've been training for years, and it's not happening for me. Um, gaining muscle is extremely hard for men, uh, women, and, and the, the, the main differential between men and women when it comes, to, as far as hormones go, is the male sex hormone testosterone, okay? Now, women have some kind of um, levels of testosterone circulating, but nowhere near as much as a man, unless... Listen to this, guys. Unless you're injecting some sort of external hormones into your body, there is zero chance of you having more testosterone than a man. Now, obviously, it'll be bold for me to say that because there might be someone out there who's got some hormone imbalance. I know PCOS is a bit different here because with PCOS, there's a bit more testosterone, but nowhere near as much as the healthy uh, average male. So when it comes to muscle building, testosterone is what allows you to gain it. Uh, muscle recover a bit better and um, but even for men man this takes forever okay it takes a long time to gain muscle so the thought of a woman lifting weights um the thought of them kind of getting bulky um, should be eradicated it's impossible it's not going to happen okay unless you're putting drugs into your body which i'm guessing you're not going to do so that's why getting in some compound movements there so you're pressing you're rowing and especially you know your dumbbell curls your tricep pushdowns and kickbacks and dips uh, stuff in there to focus on the arms but like I said that's not directly going to burn the fat all you're doing with stubborn areas is you're just improving blood flow overall and you'll be able to and if you show a bit of patience over time they'll start to reduce it does take a bit of time you just have to hang in there okay and I know that's not the answer you want but this podcast is all about saying it like it is so please just remember that I'm not going to 
apologies for my language, BS anyone here, um, because I don't, uh, that's not the right way to do things. I want to make sure that you know what needs to be done. Whether you act on it, it's up to you. I hope you do. But some things, um, you know, like stubborn fat and just overall weight loss can really get to a lot of people. So please hang in there, okay? Um, how long, how to make workouts harder if no gym? Currently, gyms are open, but not comfortable going back. Um, yeah, sure. So this is where the use of household objects will be very helpful. Using a chair to do kind of split squats, using like a, a backpack and loading them up with some books and some cans and doing putting it on your back and doing squats, lunges. You can do front squats by putting the bag in your front. You could do push-ups if you find them quite easy to do on their own, putting it on your back and then pushing down because the weight's pushing you down. You could grab a tin of food, a tin uh, beans and peas and stuff, and you can do like um, you know boxing workouts. You could do um, shoulder presses and lat raises, although it'd be quite light. You could get um, you know big bags of atta. I always joke about this one and do squats with them. If you've got a toddler kicking about in the house, grab that toddler and do something like lunges or something. Whatever the object is around the house, as long as it's got a bit of weight on it and as long as the grip is safe, then you can 100% do many things. What you need to remember is the body doesn't know that this is a nice shiny kettlebell or a fancy uh, rowing machine in the gym or if it's just a rusty backpack with some books in it. It doesn't know. All it knows is this is heavy. We need to lift this. So it doesn't matter. Majority of clients that we train or coaching clients train from the house. Some of them have got kettlebells, some of them have got, you know, one or two dumbbells, but the majority of the time we're using household objects, you know, the edge of a bathtub to do your dips. Um, you could use kitchen counters. You can do, There's lots you can do. All you need to focus on to make workouts harder is basically logging what you've done and finding a way to add more weight to your exercise. Or if that option is not available for whatever reason, doing more repetitions each week, maybe doing an extra set, um, reducing the rest times. There's so much you can do to um, intensify a workout. Okay, so that's a good little tip for you there. Um, best time to eat for weight loss? Uh, there's no best time to eat for weight loss. It's what you eat over the course of the whole day that matters. Okay, but the reason that we kind of, I we generally recommend kind of maybe three, maybe four times a day, because it's realistic. Number one, because um, you know five or six small meals, it's kind of it's a very flawed concept. I think now people are realizing that, um, just because of how busy life can get. But if you can eat three to four times a day, that'd be great. The reason that we would recommend it and the reason why it's generally accepted as the best option is because it keeps blood sugar levels stable and it just keeps hunger levels at bay. Because when you're having one or two big meals, there's a long gap in between where you can sneak in a lot of snacks or what people would term um, empty calories. So that's why there's no best time to eat. We get people or we see people skipping breakfast and eating lunch, which is fine as long as you can control your morning cravings. Um, we see people fasting up until 2 or 3 o'clock. We see people skipping lunch. Like It doesn't really matter. As long as overall calories are respected and you, whatever you eat or what you decide to eat is of good quality, then you'll be fine. Okay. Also, guys, eating after 6 o'clock, eating your carbs after 6 is fine. Um, people are still believing this. I'm not really sure why, but um, there's a lot of awesome coaches and kind of fitness pages out there that are kind of promoting this now which is good to see um but eating after seven or eight o'clock is not bad for you okay so just please chill it's not going to do anything for you um can you gain weight in a deficit uh, no um you can't gain weight in a deficit i mean if you could that would be very 
very interesting <laughs> but really when it comes to a calorie surplus or a deficit it is simply the amount of energy you consume that goes over your daily needs or under okay now you don't have to count calories to be in a deficit or be a surplus it could be just as simple um, as you know looking in the mirror seeing how your clothes fit after two to three weeks at a time but um we, we've had this question before people believe they're gaining weight in a deficit I, uh, the majority of stuff um when, when we when we look at this kind of scenario we're looking at stress levels we're looking at if it's time of the month we're looking at what they ate before was it kind of a high sodium meal did they have more water because uh, the majority of the time it's just going to be big fluctuations um, in water um, so that's really it so no you can't gain weight in a deficit the body doesn't work that way although it'd be fascinating if i ever saw something like that uh, does high stress mean i gain weight totally stressed all the time not sure what to do um okay this is a bit difficult because stress levels kind of have have a bit of an impact in a couple of ways uh when it comes to stress levels um when you're when you're kind of chronically constantly stressed all the time it can impact your hunger levels quite a bit it can also if your lack of sleep um it comes into play as well then this can actually um, um negatively impact insulin sensitivity so there's a lot of studies out there we we're not going to be the kind of people to be like oh studies show because it's like anyone can say that but from what we've read um and what the positive stuff that we've seen on uh, this kind of topic is when you're sleep deprived your ability to handle carbs um is negatively impacted so you're not going to be able to handle carbohydrates when you're kind of sleep deprived so if you're not sleeping properly then be careful here okay so that's why it's very important a good night's sleep um is part of your daily routine because it allows you to kind of handle carbohydrates a bit better okay now in terms of stress a couple of things can happen here now when you're always stressed your body is going to be more um uh, likely to break down muscle tissue um because it's a kind of a very catabolic process you're creating now when you're working out this is a stressful time okay you're, you're getting stressed when you work out but it's controlled stress you control that so when people talk people negatively throw around the word cortisol all the time you need your body needs cortisol okay because it needs um it, it needs a little bit throughout the day because it manages to handle it very well if you're just constantly going to be um you know in in a positive balance as far as stress levels go then you're not going to be able to push your body break it down and then make it stronger okay that's as simple as it gets it goes far beyond that but that's as much as you need to know so you get stressed throughout the whole day and that's a totally normal process but we're looking at constant stress and um, throughout the whole day and that can impact your weight generally just because things like insulin sensitivity can be impacted you may have a like more likelihood to um, hold more water when muscle gets broken down you'll be flushing quite a bit of water outside your body as well so it kind of gives off the um, idea that you'll you're losing weight which is false um, but ultimately stress levels directly don't cause the fat gain it's the it's a knock-on effect it has on other things that can then lead to weight gain or weight loss um, but directly stress levels don't make you gain weight okay it just makes uh, life a lot harder for you and you're not able to kind of function properly and this has a massive impact on uh, nutrition over the course of the whole day so it's good to know it goes far beyond that it's a massive topic and um, which i can't cover in a podcast um ipcos how to lose weight we covered this in the last one very important to note guys and um, we can talk very kind of simply as far as pcos goes because there are kind of they're, they're kind of special uh, special folk out there <laughs> there's those that are trained in this uh, your gp obviously will have the final say because they're medically qualified um or a professional but what we're looking at with pcos for a lot from what the the data shows i just said that um insulin sensitivity is kind of the big thing here 
um, and regular activity. Um, so people with PCOS have just been told that you're just going to gain weight, you're not going to lose it, it's going to be very hard to, um, and we would argue otherwise, you just have to make some small tweaks. Yes, you have to do things a bit differently, but you know, out of the clients that we work with in every block throughout the year, there's always a few that have got PCOS and they're losing weight, okay? Simple. Um, it's just you may have been told otherwise. When you get told by a doctor you need to lose weight and it's going to be hard, that kind of puts you down. Okay, totally get that. Some of the horror stories we've heard it really kind of upsets us, which is why we then work infinitely harder to get them to their best shape, which ends up happening, which is, all, which is always awesome to see. But with PCOS, the number one thing I would recommend tidying up your diet a little bit of course and you know more fruits and vegetables i know there's an argument to be made about more fruit it should be more veg uh bring in more protein but exercise is going to be your best friend because this is going to be the single best thing for blood sugar control and making sure that you can handle carbohydrates a lot better when the weight loss kind of comes about i know people with pcos and weight have an issue with pregnancy because they're told to bring down um, your weight for a better chance of pregnancy as well. So exercise is going to be key here. Okay, absolutely essential. So getting into some form of routine, um, ideally weight training if it's safe. So resistance training, but if not, just simple stuff at home will do for now. Even going for a walk, anything you do now that you've not done before will yield great results. But most importantly, patience. Okay, as always. How do I calculate my calories in a curry? Very hard again to to kind of go through, but. If you're using MyFitnessPal, the main things you really need to track, number one, is going to be oil. Number two is going to be the main gist of it. So if it's going to be a meat-based one or a vegetable-based one, you just count those. Now, your chances are you're going to be making it for the whole house. Okay, It's not just going to be for yourself. If you are, then that's going to be a lot easier. This is why it's very difficult. So you would essentially you know, calculate everything you put in. So what I would say is don't calculate kind of... I wouldn't really calculate things like onions and peppers, even though they've got calories, you're distributing it over the whole dish. So it's unless it's going to be four or five onions, that's a bit different. Now, people will have an argument, but I would say not to because there's no point, you know, taking every every single small detail. The main thing that's going to have the most calories will be the meat. If it's going to be the meat, uh, the oil or the, the butter, or the ghee, whatever you're using, that's going to be the main thing. But if it's a predominantly a vegetable based one, then yes, I would argue you could uh, measure the vegetables um, don't measure every small thing so spices that you put in no need chilies uh, no need um, if you want to then you could do peppers and onions but if it's just a few I would say leave it okay but when you're looking at other kind of things like spinach um, uh, things like okra um, bitter gourd that kind of stuff again you don't have to unless it's you know crazy amounts so really just two to three things that you're going to be measuring and the total amount you're putting it in and then when you're distributing it into your plate, just you need to just use your eyeball here, okay? Look at the, the handy. How much are you taking out of it? Then just make your best guesstimation from there. What we recommend to clients and just people in general is always give yourself 500 to 600 calories if you're going to be eating your roti salad because typically that's what you're looking at. Now, that's a very, very rough kind of guesstimation there, but five to 600, maybe four to 600, I would say, including your roti, is it will be enough to kind of give you a bit of leeway there because typically your salon you're looking at potentially again it varies so don't take this word for word uh, based on how you make it but you know between three and four hundred calories and if it's just one large roti you're having that's about 120 140 calories so nice and simple but just to kind of save your own back and you want to just give yourself a bit of leeway between five to six hundred calories if you leave that 
then you can enjoy it without stressing too much about it, okay? Right, guys, so a bit of a quick one today, but only had to, I had kind of a few more there to cover. They kind of went over the same thing. So I thought I'd kind of clump it together a little bit. Um, but I may do one more Q&A one, as a lot of you were quite keen on this one. So thank you very much um, for that. Um, but yeah, we're kind of working a bit hard um, over the next kind of couple of weeks, maybe the next three to four weeks, our members area is going through a massive transformation. So we, at the moment, um, things are looking good, but our website's not up to scratch. So we're bringing in a new website. There's going to be a ton more recipes. That's going to be a lot more user-friendly on the uh, on mobile view and uh, we're also going to have a new two new features so the, one of them is going to be a check-in feature on the website where you can actually track your progress and it's going to be your own little space and you can contact the trainer at any time anyone from the team you can put photos up there it's all awesome stuff and um, secondly we're also going to have a kind of a meal planner now we were we were against this one initially because Meal plans generally, if you don't know the individual inside out, it's going to be very kind of hard to give. We're not a big fan of that. So we get DMs every other day asking for meal plans, which we can't do. You know, yes, there's money in it. I get that. But that's not the right way to do things because it's not going to yield results. So what we thought we would do instead is give you kind of an overview of what if you were, for example, consuming Let's say you're on 1,300 calories per day, you would put that into the website and it would generate for you a seven-day meal guide as to what that could potentially look like to help you. So it's very handy and it's something that a lot of people have been asking about. So wherever your calorie range is, you would select it on the website and then you would have a downloadable PDF straight to your phone and you would have a seven-day view of what a um, good quality uh, seven-day guide would look like with kind of uh, calorie breaks down, breakdowns and everything with the grams so it's going to be very very kind of interesting and just something to help everyone and that's going to be other feature there's going to be a ton more workouts lots more lots more engagement um yeah there's the, we're probably gonna have to cover this in a separate video or a post because there's too much to cover in a podcast so keep an eye on that guys um and it's um yeah if you're interested in finding a place to kind of lose weight where it's not one-to-one coaching and it's not kind of me on you all the time, then this is the place to be. Well, again, we'll drop more updates. Right, guys, so thank you very much um, for listening in, and I'll catch up with you guys um, very soon.